In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the Wathaurong people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast. We celebrate their connections to the land, sea and community and pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. And we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening today. Welcome to Cold Coffee Chats. I'm Jin. And I'm Shan. We're here spilling the milk on real parenting. Welcome back to another episode of Cold Coffee Chats. This week we are covering a heavier topic. So if you are trying to conceive or in the early days of your pregnancy, you might want to skip this episode Take care of yourself and come back to it maybe at a later stage. You ready, Jen? I'm ready. I think I sounded like I called you Jen then. Oh, well, that's happened many times (laughs) in my life before. It wouldn't be the first. I bet. Jen is ready. Jen, Jennifer, (laughs) Jennifer. So today we're going to talk about trying to conceive and our journeys through that and early pregnancy. Yes, and Shan and I have had two YouTube distinctly different experiences most most like everybody I guess yeah well I don't think that anybody's is exactly the same no no one has the same experience do they no I mean if everybody did it would be easier but very boring so let's talk about Shen what were your thoughts and expectations going into trying to get pregnant like when did you think okay I want to have a baby before trying, like before I was ready. Yeah. Before, like early days. Before you decided to get pregnant. So that was a long, long experience. So I found out that I um, had polycystic ovarian syndrome when I was 20, very early 20s. Did you have symptoms and just wanted to get tested? Um, not, yes, but like I didn't know there were symptoms I essentially what happened was I was lazy and forgot to get my pill script and then um, wasn't I didn't get a period and was convinced that I was pregnant for months and was doing um, urine samples um, and testing those frequently <laughs> and then thought I was the person that it just wouldn't show up really You're lying to me yeah basically I have to be pregnant why wouldn't I have my period and then so I went to my GP. And she did a blood test because I was like, well, obviously I'm a person that it's not going to show up on a urine sample. So um, that came back negative. But then she also tested my hormones, which um, came back suggestive of polycystic hormone, um, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And then I had an ultrasound and it confirmed it. So I knew early on that it was likely that I was going to need help to conceive Mm. But I went into a cave and denied that for quite some time. That's interesting because I definitely have been to doctors over the years and they have also said that I have PCOS and had many ultrasounds where they've had PCOS and then it's gone away and they're kind of like, no, you don't, you just have polycystic ovaries. Yeah, so there's there's different kinds of it. So there's one that's where it's just like your kind of ovaries that um, are involved. And then you've got like the hormonal factor as well. So I have both types where 
I have the cysts on my ovaries and then I also have hormonal um, imbalances and high mm. testosterone levels and all of that. I didn't have any high testosterone levels. Yeah, so that kind of should have prepared me for my journey, but it didn't. So Yeah, I feel like when they told me at that point, they're like, oh, it might be difficult for you to get pregnant. I just didn't really take it seriously. I just was like, I'm not planning to get pregnant right now. Yeah. I'm just having living my life and I'm hoping that it's all good when we get there and surely this is just a phase. But I mean, like for me, it, I really should have had like an indication that it wasn't going to work with the amount of times that I would forget to take the pill and like the pill wasn't working for me and I would like stop the tablet and then still not get a period for a week and then be like, oh, that's just the way it is, even though I knew it wasn't. But anyway, so I should have had... I never took the sugar pills. Oh, you just skipped on through? Yeah, it's not recommended. Oh, I think just see with talk with your doctor. I don't... I think you can if it's all good with your doctor. I don't know. Do you know, contraceptive pill never really worked for me because my body was so out of whack. But yeah, so I went into a cave and just um, thought that it was going to be easy breezy and it wasn't. What happened then? So you decided you had this diagnosis, you carried it around and then at what point did you decide that you wanted to try for a baby? Because you were in a relationship yeah, this entire so I was time. With, yeah, I was with my husband, my now husband. Um, then and we'd been together for ages. So like family was always on the cards. We just wanted to get married first. So yeah, we got married. We went off the pill in preparation how long after you got married did you decide that you wanted to have children? And how old were you when you got married? Oh, Jen, I told you I'm not very good at remembering <laughs> these things. Surely you know how old you were. Nah, I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> we got married in... Were you in your early 20s, late yeah. 20s? What age? Bracket, roughly. Mid, early, mid-20s. So okay, like, like 25 or something. Yeah, okay. over, over 10 years ago. Great. No, not over no, 10 years ago. 10 that's years a lie. Anyway, back to the point. Um, yeah, so we knew we wanted to fall pregnant. I just needed to get through my studies with um, midwifery. Mm, okay. And then we were going to try to conceive, which I did. Um, and off we went and it took a long time. And I did all sorts of things because I was in denial because I was so desperate to be normal, which I think is like – a very common theme with every story that I've told you. I chase normal when it's not normal. Cause yeah, I think most people do because we're sold that that's the only way to have a real experience is to have a normal experience. Yeah, and, and because with polycystic, I feel like it's very downplayed and that everybody is like, you just need to lose weight, you need to go gluten-free, dairy-free, you need to do um, high-impact exercise you need to do, do, sorry, weights or whatever and those lifestyle changes will reverse your polycystic and you're going to be able to conceive. It sounds like a tall order to me. Yeah, well, I did all those. Oh, wow. So I did the diets, I did the exercise plans, I completely changed my lifestyle and it wasn't working and we did that for years, literally years. And then to <laughs> I laugh and it's not funny and these things like, can are very good in conjunction with or just by themselves but like so yeah I did the acupuncture I did um 
I'm laughing because I'm just thinking about it. Tell us about, about your crystal, Shen. <laughs> Tell us. In my desperation to fall pregnant naturally, I got the crystals, every single crystal that was meant to heal my uterus. And I got the essential oils and I had a warm uterus and I did everything that I could possibly do and that everybody recommended for me to do to be able to fall pregnant naturally. And it didn't happen for me. And were you month after month disappointed when you saw yes. that the pregnancy and test wasn't positive? And because I wasn't getting a period, every month felt like a loss because yeah. I was like, it's going to happen this month because we were tracking um, like we were tracking ovulation through like my mucus and mm. the temperature and all of that. And I would get – and in the end we used um, like your ovulation sticks and I would get positives for the ovulation sticks but – it just never eventuated to an egg being released. It just got stuck, essentially. Um, so, yeah, every month I was like, but we got a positive ovulation. Like, this has to happen this month. And mm. then I wouldn't get a period and I would get a negative test and we'd keep testing and testing and testing. Because you think, oh, maybe I'm pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just, yeah, led on to the next month and I wasn't pregnant and we'd start again. And how long did you continue in that cycle for? Um Two and a half years. Wow. Yeah, so two and a half years of convincing myself that I had to do it naturally and that I could do it naturally because that's kind of, yeah, I guess what I had hoped and planned and dreamed for, even though I knew it wasn't going to be possible. So you were reluctant to go down the medical intervention or IVF route? Yeah, didn't want it at all. Wasn't for me. That's not how I envisioned my pregnancy I didn't this sounds terrible but I didn't want to take the easy way out by just going down and getting help which is exactly what I needed to do Mm. to fall pregnant which is so silly so back on yeah but I can understand where you were coming from Mm. and wanting to have this experience that you thought that you deserved because that's what you've been promised Mm. from your upbringing yeah that this is what should be easy and natural and so then you went into IVF treatment. Is no, that right? So what happened we, next? Um, went and saw a specialist after yeah quite some time, and then we decided that we were going to do ovulation induction. Mm. So we yeah started taking medication for that. Got our scans, and there started our journey to conceive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a bumpy road. So what is ovulation induction? Is that we just so everyone can Yeah, so I won't mention my medication because it's not right for everybody and Yeah, don't mention it. But we yeah, you need to obviously speak to your professionals about it. But so yeah, I took a medication for five days. You I would get internal ultrasounds to see how the eggs um were maturing and then once they were mature enough I would then take a trigger shot to release those eggs and we oh. would get <laughs> it's not a great way to s- describe it but a prescription for sex I guess mm. that we had to um did they give you a time frame yeah, yeah so you've got a window where you need to um have sex obviously so that you can get pregnant get pregnant yeah but the um actual ovulation induction process was hard it was um obviously you get bombarded with hormones so very emotional I'd be sitting on the couch crying and Gav would be like what are you crying about Mm. and I would have no idea 
Mm. We're just very up and down or I'd be at work and get hot flushes. Be standing in my boss's office just wanting to strip naked because I was boiling hot. So I'd just have to evacuate immediately and go to the toilet to cool down. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine it would be super stressful too to be in that pressure of like – Oh, we have to have sex now. We have to do yeah. this. We have to do these shots. We yeah. have to get the days right. How do you even get to all the appointments? Like that's what I'm thinking. And you're trying to work yeah, full time. Um, yeah, and just like the pressure on the relationship as well. And we were both shift workers at the time. So like it'd be like, okay, I've done my trigger shot. I'm doing night shift and you're starting at like whatever time. We've got like 10 minutes. Get Between it in. Shifts. Get it in. Get it out. I'm going to sleep. You're going to work. And just hope that it would eventuate and what happened did it work so it did so we had three months and then we fell pregnant and then resulted in what people call a chemical pregnancy which is just a really early pregnancy loss which I don't like the term I think it minimizes what you go through that baby is still a baby whether it was five weeks or more yeah Five seconds. Yeah, but that one I didn't realise was a miscarriage until kind of after the fact. Okay. So did you get a positive pregnancy test? Um, no, because that one I was determined to not test. Because you were like, I just want to trust the process and like if I'm pregnant, I'm just going to believe that and hope yes. that and wait until I get to the appointment. Yeah, and then it wasn't until we got to the appointment and he's like, well, you really should have your period by now. And then um, – went to the toilet and had my period and he's like, well, I think that that kind of like that was the start of something. It just didn't stick. And then we fell pregnant. Then no, not the next cycle, the following cycle after that. Um, Wow. Did they have to do anything with the chemical? No. So I was fortunate with that one to just pass that one. Yeah. Um, And that one, yeah, I don't know. I didn't have time to mourn that one. We were in a process yeah. of going on to the next cycle, and especially because it had been so long um, of trying. Oh. I was just keen to get going. Yeah, I think that happens too when you experience a loss. You're keen to not make up for that loss but to get back into it in this way. And you're like, okay, I'm going to yeah. have this baby. Yeah, well, I've had a few miscarriages and they've all been very different so the second one was um I felt a sense of urgency to move on to the next one but I wasn't emotionally ready Mm -hmm. to move on um, yeah which was quite hard to do but like in my mind it was such a time sensitive moment that I needed to do something um which probably wasn't great for my mental health yeah and I think people don't realize that the minute you see the positive pregnancy test, your entire world changes. You start thinking about things yeah. differently. You're making plans already. You're already invested in this pregnancy coming to fruition. Yes. And then when it doesn't, you're completely shattered. Yeah. And I think people often will say, oh, well, you know, you're five weeks, you can get pregnant Again, well, aren't you lucky? Like you were only five weeks, or isn't it good that you could get pregnant? Yeah, and you're like, what? That doesn't. It doesn't make me feel. I've envisioned a life for yeah. this baby, and now it's gone. Yeah, and I just have to move on with my life, go back to work, and and I have no control over it, and act like everything is okay when inside you are 
mourning the life of that baby. Yeah, I I will share. I have had two miscarriages and the first one was also kind of right after I got married. I didn't really have any plan of getting pregnant. I was just open to it if yeah. it happened. Does not, that make sense? Not not trying but not preventing. Yeah. Yeah. My life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I think I got pregnant the day after my wedding. <laughs> I have a very, I don't know, I just had a feeling that I got pregnant. It's yeah. so random. But like no, after. I think you know. Like yeah. I've known each time. I've yeah. got the feeling that, that something worked. is different in my body. Yeah. Yeah. I just got this feeling of like, oh, I just made a baby. In, in the moment? After. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm not that in tune, but pretty amazing. And then I did. Yeah. Um, and with my first two pregnancies, I knew very soon after I was pregnant that I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. I got symptoms right away. I got sore boobs like within yeah. a week, like before my period was due. I had symptoms. Yeah. And you best be know I was on the Google going. And it was deep diving in the forums going. <laughs> oh, does this mean you're pregnant? Blah blah blah. Yeah. And then Which I we know. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. But like, you know, like the symptoms of early pregnancy from like our work. Yeah, but I you know. still Google them. But you still Google it. You want yeah. that in writing somewhere yeah. to see it. Someone validate. Yeah, I want that validation. <laughs> of Someone validate what I'm experiencing right now. Of Dr. Google. Yeah. I want that validation of someone in some random rural town that I don't know to tell <laughs> me that that is a symptom because they're sisters, sisters, best friend experience that yeah. as well. She definitely had sore boobs one week after she was pregnant. That can definitely happen, right? Absolutely. Yes. can. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'd confirmed myself that I was pregnant before I did the test. Yeah. Um, did the test and it was positive mm. and I was like holy shit like I'm so young like this is like my whole world's changing now yeah. this is huge I kind of like was like excited to find out I was pregnant and then I was like well this is going to be a lot and because you weren't mentally prepared for that pregnancy test because you weren't like actively actively trying yeah 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 I wasn't so I was like oh my god okay but this is awesome like I was yeah. excited we were excited yeah we were both kind of like, oh, shit, didn't expect that to happen that quickly. Yeah. Um, and then I think I was at work and I start. I went to the bathroom and I started bleeding, I think, about a week after I had that test. Mm-hmm. And I went to the doctor um, that day and I went to the doctor's appointment and I'll never forget it. it was I unfortunately got the most horrible doctor. Oh, no. And um, because I'd rang and made an urgent appointment Mm because I said I was having miscarriage. I went in and she she just looked at me and she goes, oh, how pregnant are you? And I was like, oh, five weeks or something. She goes, oh, I thought you were like 16 weeks. Oh. And I was like. How dismissive of you. Yeah. I was like, whoa, I just want to immediately leave this appointment. Yeah. Right now. You needed comfort and kindness. Yeah, I'm crying my eyes out. Yeah, because you have envisioned that life for the baby. Yeah, and it was just so – she was so harsh and dismissive and I was like, this is horrendous. So she sent me for an ultrasound mm. and got that and they confirmed that, yeah, it was miscarriage. Um, and then, yeah, passed naturally on its own. Mm-hmm. And I think I was definitely really shaken by that experience because I was like – 
you know, oh, I didn't expect that to happen. Yes. I just expected everything to be normal and expect it to go along fine. Yeah. And I was just kind of shocked that that had happened and that was my experience. Yeah. I totally get that. I kind of felt like I was owed a pregnancy after everything that we'd gone through. Yes. I like could, I just, I'm just listening to your story. I'm like, give her a baby, goddamn. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, when that doesn't eventuate, it's, yeah. Very heartbreaking. So after your first miscarriage, did you try again straight away? No, 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 I didn't. I was like, I think I'm good. I think it took me a long time to get over it. I really did. I was like, I don't think that I wanted to try right away, but I was still open to it and Mm -hmm. we were still open to it. I'm trying to think of the timeline. And then I think it was about maybe a year later – we, Dan moved to the US. We were both moving, but he mm. had to move first because we had, my visa hadn't come through. Yeah. So I had to stay in Australia until my visa came, but he had to move for work. So um, again, it was kind of trying, not trying, open to it. We wanted to have a baby now that we'd lost one. Do yes. you know what I mean? Like yeah. it made us. It, it opens up something, doesn't it? It's like now we need to. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> now we want it. Yeah. Now yeah. we want it. Now we know what we're missing. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. now it's gone. We made plans and yeah. now those plans are no longer. Yes. And now it's gone. I, we want that. Mm-hmm. So um, we were open. I think we never – I was like, oh, yeah, trying, not trying. We're like open to it. And then I think I went and visited him for three weeks in the States before I moved mm-hmm. and I got pregnant on that trip. Yeah. And I found out on that trip that I was pregnant and then I had to go back to Australia because mm-hmm. um, I didn't have my visa yet. And I think it was really hard to be away from Dan. Yeah, I can imagine, <clears throat> especially when you're pregnant and pregnant after a loss because the pregnancy is so different after a loss. It's not – I mean, there's celebration and there's obviously fears of joy, but there's also a lot of fear and sadness I was so anxious yep I was so anxious about it and I but I think I I was like oh surely that can't happen again surely that only happens once like surely that's not going to be it would be cruel to do that yeah that can't happen twice right this time's going to be fine you know it's all good um yeah I came back to Australia with a little I remember being on the plane and being like oh there's a baby in my belly like I'm gonna have a baby and like thinking about that and just like you know just like I don't know I could always feel it yes yeah yeah. even in the early stages alone yeah Yeah, it was very interesting um like a fullness like I felt like a real fullness in my I remember that feeling yeah Yeah. very early days yes Yeah. yeah I was like oh it feels like more blood is there does that make sense? Yeah, like inside, there is. There yeah. is. But I could feel that fullness. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, yeah. It was like, oh, I can feel the presence sort of physically. Um, came back to Australia, went back to work and then I think I I had an ultrasound because I was quite anxious at about six weeks mm-hmm. to confirm the pregnancy and make sure everything was going well. It was the, yeah, six-week scan. And... Um, Dan wasn't here and I I just was like, oh, no, everything's going to be fine. I'll just go by myself. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Like mum was at work and my dad was around but he was busy. I was like, I'll just go by myself. Um, it's all going to be fine. And then I went into the scan and um, 
she did the scan and she was like, you know, when they're looking around for ages. Yes. And they're not saying anything and you're like, yep. I can look on the screen and I can see what she's seeing is not what we're expecting to be seeing. Yeah. And then she kind of just looks at me and she's like, I'm so sorry. I don't think like, I think you're having another miscarriage. And I just started bawling my eyes out on the, on the thing. I was just like, why did I come here alone? Like, she's like, do you have anyone with you? And I was like, no, I didn't think I needed to bring <laughs> bring anyone. Yes. Like I just thought it was all going to be fine. Like yep. she's like, oh, my God, do you want me to call someone? And like why did I go to that appointment alone? I don't know. And because with that one, had you bypassed – you'd bypassed the week that you had a previous miscarriage. So yes, yeah. I was like – thought, okay, well, yeah. we – Like I'm all good. Yeah. And I hadn't had any bleeding, hadn't any symptoms or anything. Mm. Um, and she said, and look. And still had pregnancy symptoms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my HCG was still going up. Yes. Yeah. So she said, look, um, you need to, it's too early to tell fully. Mm. So maybe you need to come back in another few weeks and get tested again. Like, and I'm like, I'm about to move to America. Like I move in a few weeks. And mm. she was like, okay, well, can you get a test? Can you get an ultrasound over there? So I got my visa in like two weeks later. I flew out on the same day that I got my visa in the in the mail. I remember. I was literally the oh, when you were at work. It was so hectic. I was waiting in the driveway for the postman, calling the post office furiously because I had a flight out that night and I hadn't got my passport back yet. Yeah. So I was like calling the postie, being like, "Where are you? If you've got my passport, I need it." And it was like this big effort to get me my passport yeah. so I could leave. Anyway, I got it in time. Mum drove me up to the airport and she was like, okay, you need to be with Dan, obviously, my husband. Um, and she was really great. And then I flew over and I got a blood test as soon as I arrived in San Francisco mm-hmm. to a friend to check my HCG levels and yep. they were still increasing. Okay. So it we was – had high hopes. Yeah, I had hope that it was going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, then I had to move to Washington – where Dan was, and yep. then I had to enroll in the healthcare system and try and get healthcare, yeah, which was right. another mess around. Um, then we got an urgent ultrasound, and at that ultrasound, they confirmed that it was a miscarriage. There was no viable fetus, and at this point, I was about eleven weeks. That's such a long time. I know it was such a long time to sit in limbo. Yeah. And we just couldn't. And have the hope of pregnancy symptoms. Yeah, and the yep. HCG going up. Yeah. I just remember going to the ultrasound just being like, please be okay, please be okay, surely it's going to be okay. Mm. And, yeah, and then um, they offered me my options and I chose to do a DNC. Yeah. Um, because I just wanted to make sure it was all good and I just could, didn't want to go through the pain, honestly, mm. of passing it. Yeah. Naturally. That was yep. my personal decision. Um, so, yeah, I had that basically two weeks into moving to the States. Oh, so you're like navigating a move. You're yeah. navigating not having your mum there. Yeah. Having a loss and the healthcare system in a foreign country, which is well known for being 
very difficult to navigate. Yeah, and no job. <laughs> and no, yeah. That's horrible. Oh, my God. It was horrible. And I had to start a new job soon after. But luckily, mum had come, was coming over to visit in June, July. Like, she visited right after I moved. Okay. So, she was there, actually, when I had the procedure. Okay. By chance. Like, she picked me up from the hospital. That was just meant to be. Right. I know it was. The universe knew that you were going to need your mum. Yeah, so she planned a trip and my brother was there and all of our family was there the day I had, like all of my husband's family was there too, oh. visiting from out of state. So the day I had the DNC, I came back to a full house of like cousins, family, like oh, everybody, no. I know. Oh, but it was kind of nice. Like I got yeah. to have a drink and everyone knew what was happening. Like I, I definitely told everybody early on in both of those pregnancies that I was pregnant because yeah. I knew that I didn't want to have people be going through something like that and people not know. Yeah, so this is uh, my biggest takeaway from our experience is that I didn't tell people we were trying to conceive. So for all of those years, I, Gavin and I went it alone mm. and then when we started fertility treatment, we didn't tell anybody because I was so desperate to give our parents the surprise of a grandbaby and I put that above my own needs. Oh. which don't do that <laughs> like no. definitely you, when you're going through trying to conceive and you're having troubles find your people to talk to um and your parents don't like they don't care for the surprise like no. they want to support you through it so with my second loss I I was asleep sorry and I was I remember waking up and feeling like something was off and I went to the toilet and um was covered in blood um and I came back to bed and Gav was asleep and I remember just looking at him being like do I give him the extra time to be asleep because I don't I know what's going to happen here so I sat there for 45 minutes by myself bleeding um again trying to give somebody else care when I needed care yeah and then I eventually woke him up and I can still remember his face to this day when I had to tell – I'm getting teary. Yeah. I didn't expect to get teary, but I remember his face when I told him I was bleeding. So from there he called Epworth and said um, that I was pregnant and it was confirmed by our doctor at this stage and we were just awaiting our ultrasound and that was actually booked for a couple of days' time. So we off we went to Epworth. We sat around. We did the um, – our HCG, the bleeding had settled by then. So I kind of had a bit of hope again. Yeah. And again, full pregnancy symptoms. Um, we got the HCG back and it had risen. Not as much as we had expected, but it's still risen. And like yeah. within normal range. Yeah. And then, yeah, we got our ultrasound and we were just a few days behind what we were meant to be. So it could have still been a viable pregnancy. But the baby, did it have a heartbeat? It didn't have a heartbeat at that stage. But it could have, like, we could have gone for our scan. and it Like, it, we could have not seen a heartbeat at that stage. Right, it was too early. It was just too early. We were kind of right on the cusp of when you might see it. Um, and obviously there's a few little, little bit of discrepancy with dates. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we went home and I didn't tell anybody didn't tell my my mum or my dad (laughs) and then 
I started to heavily bleed. And by that time, I think my specialist rooms had opened up. So I called them um, and explained what was going on. And he then explained to me that it's likely going to be a miscarriage, but come in. And then, yeah, he was able to confirm that it was a miscarriage. And I came home and I was on the couch crying. And then Gav asked me if I wanted my mum. And I did. Oh, <laughs> of course. My, oh, again. <laughs> but I think, I think as you were telling me this, I'm realising, and in my experience too, there's a huge responsibility that you feel to be the person to tell the other person that they're like, it's over. Yes. Like yeah. that you have to bear the news that you have this information that they don't know and you have to tell them that they're not going to have a child. Like that's yes. so. And it's such a, it's a, big burden and it's not something you want to tell because you've been waiting for this baby so um and you feel like what what's wrong with me like this has nothing to do with them physically yes like what's wrong why can't i yeah keep this pregnancy that's how i felt for sure i have a lot of feelings around that um so gav didn't tell my mum what was happening at the time she just said he just said that i needed her so they came around straight away and she walked into me on the couch bawling my eyes out um like having contractions Mm -hmm. and in that moment she had to find out that one we were trying to conceive two we were pregnant and three we were losing that baby oh and that one took days and I didn't choose to have a DNC for that and I a little part of me thinks it was a bit of like self-punishment like I needed to experience the pain of losing that baby which is like so like, it does not make sense. Why would you do that to yourself? I think maybe you wanted to know it was real. Yeah. Maybe. I, I wanted don't know. the experience, I think. Like, um, if you had had a DNC, it, it would have been, like, over really quickly. And But I really wish I did. Yeah. Because it took a long time for us to lose um, that baby. And then when we did, after many times of going into our specialist rooms and checking that if the baby was still there... Um, I remember going to the toilet before one scan and looking in the toilet and knowing that it was over and not wanting to do, know what to do in that stage because it wasn't at home, it wasn't in my environment, it was in a very sterile environment. And then, yeah, I, had, I got the doctor to check and, yeah, we finally lost the baby but I still had products inside of me so then had to go home again, oh. still contracting and waiting for for that to pass. And in that moment, he offered me a DNC and I still didn't take it. Interesting. Which, yeah, it's probably my biggest regret is that that process took a very long time. And I think a lot of, I didn't heal emotionally for a long time with that one, but also like the physical healing was, yeah, very, very hard because it was so, so drawn out. I didn't have a chance to heal anything really. I bet. Yeah, so that's. Shannon, that is such an intense experience and I'm just – thank you along with everyone listening for sharing I that with us. I did not expect to get teary during that because I've told the story many times but I think when you have to like really sit in it and really think about how you felt in the moment, yeah, like it really comes back yeah. to you whereas you can like – you can tell your story and just kind of like flip through it. Yeah, and distance yourself from it in a yeah. sense. Yeah, definitely. So. And then we fell pregnant with the next cycle. Oh, my goodness. Which was really, really hard because I was mourning 
the loss of this other baby that we had for so, so long. And then I was suddenly pregnant with another one and I hadn't had a chance to heal. Oh, and then I felt bad so for mourning the other baby while I was still pregnant with this new baby that I loved and wanted. But what about that old baby that I'd envisioned this life for? And it was just like this clash. And you're so excited to have this new baby. Yeah. But you're also so terrified that you're going to lose this new baby yeah and end up in the same situation yeah well with that pregnancy I was at work and looking after somebody that was pregnant and I felt something could change I felt a bit different and I went to the toilet and I had like a significant bleed so I left and that was just after Christmas so we'd gone through Christmas I hadn't told my family that I was pregnant again because I wanted to give them the surprise that I thought they deserved and yeah, I went to the toilet and I had, was bleeding. So I went home and it was a lot of blood. And I was like, there's no possible way that a baby is going to survive this. We've just had another miscarriage. And of course, it's over Christmas. Nothing is open. Oh, and then a couple of days later, it was all fine. And I went to see my specialist and there was my baby. Oh. Which was the nicest surprise to see. Oh. But I was not expecting it at all because I, bet. I had a, a significant um, amount of blood loss. I bet. And you would not be expecting that your baby would be fine, especially with what you've been through already. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you would have felt probably – did you feel numb at all at that point? Um, No, I was oh, I was a mess. And I think for me, like, I was pretty numb through the whole, like, trying to conceive. Like, I didn't allow myself to feel – a lot. So a lot of my feelings around the trying to conceive and it, it all came out with um, that second loss. Um, yeah. So I didn't – like I didn't work for a long time after that one. I just couldn't be at work. We went away for a weekend and all I could see is families and it would – like I would just burst into tears. Yeah. And I think it was that – that loss was the one that kind of allowed me to process a bit of how I was feeling. Um and then that just continued on. So I, I wouldn't allow myself to go numb again because I didn't want to feel how I felt with that loss again because I've never felt that lost and alone in my life. Yeah. And that's my biggest thing for people is like when you do fall pregnant or when you're trying to conceive, you need to you need your people. You like, do. You need support. It's tell so isolating. Somebody, like tell, tell the people that you know you're going to to need and want around you not if something was to go wrong but also just to support you during those early days where you are stressed and anxious yeah and you are waiting for that pregnancy test and you are waiting for that scan and you are waiting to see if you you know everything is okay that's a really stressful time yeah and also just to celebrate that baby because there's nothing worse than like for me in my circumstances is I felt like we didn't get to celebrate the baby and then suddenly it was gone. And I had all of these plans in mind about how I was going to tell people and what this baby was going to be like and all of that. And it was only me celebrating and I wish we had had a chance to celebrate that life with somebody else other than just us two hiding in our room making plans. Yeah, and it sounds like you were quite isolated in that whole journey. Yes, yep. And I feel like we, you take on, we take on a lot of like, well, if it doesn't work out, then I'm failed and my body's a failure and I won't be a quote-unquote 
woman. Yes. So this is something that I still struggle with now is that like I've had multiple miscarriages. I needed help to fall pregnant and then my pregnancies have not been straightforward. So I joke a lot that I'm allergic to pregnancy and that joke is just covering, yeah, like how I really feel and it is that I am not good enough. I'm not womanly enough. I can't carry a baby well I can't fall pregnant I can't carry a baby and I can't give birth to a baby vaginally it's like all my wishes are gone and those are the things that society kind of tells you makes you a woman yeah absolutely which is is bullshit absolute bullshit my worth isn't like our worth isn't on our ability to fall pregnant or carry a baby or the way that we deliver no but we just place so much um emphasis on those moments of being a woman and especially, I think, as midwives too, there's an extra element of expectation. Oh, yes. Yeah. Of like you have to have the most normal, natural birth. Otherwise, yeah. you're not a worthy midwife. And I think that's and that what, never happens. Yeah. And I think that's what really led me down for like trying for so long without getting help because I was chasing the experiences that I had seen um, and that I so desperately wanted. So I just, yeah, well, of course, these crystals and clary sage and my warm uterus is going to work with a medical condition that really needed attention to be able to conceive. Yeah, My poor husband, I'll tell you what, I'd bring something home and he'd be like, what is that for? Like, <laughs> what do you think that those earrings that have cost you hundreds of dollars are going to do? Like, Give me hope, all right? And that's what it was about. Yeah. It was little bits of hope. Yeah. Until I was ready to face my truth. And at those yeah. moments I wasn't ready. Yeah. I was desperate for a baby but not ready to face the truth that I wasn't, in my mind, capable of conceiving. You went on the journey. Had to go on the journey before we could get to the destination. Of self-acceptance. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's so, it's so hard. I think so after my second miscarriage I was definitely – not keen to get pregnant again. I mm. gave up on that. I was like, yeah. no, nah, I'm not I'm not in any space mentally to go down that path again and put myself out there because you're so vulnerable. Right, yes. Right? I'm not going to put – I'm too scared to put myself out there for is, the rejection. It the is sadness. about putting yourself out there, yeah. isn't it? Because like you've – yeah, you face rejection and like your two experiences with pregnancy have ended in loss. Yeah, and I, I thought – oh. I went into it thinking I'll be fine. Like I don't have – no one in my family really has a history of miscarriages. And do you think My grandma does, but – Do you think it's also because nobody really talks about miscarriages? They're all done in a dungeon behind closed doors oh. and it's only until after you have a miscarriage that you mention to somebody and they're like, yeah, I had X amount or that happened to me. Yeah. And I'm like, why are we all – Suffering in silence alone. When you doing need this. your people. Yeah, I didn't know that it was one in four women who had a miscarriage. Yeah. That's the other thing that one I One in really four pregnancies ended in a miscarriage. Is it this whole like one in four and like not wanting to be a number. Like I don't want to be one in four. Like that's just not me. Well, we're two out of two here. Yeah, I know. Which that's outrageous. Like... But uh, the more I share my story, the more I see people coming and saying, well, that happened to me too. Yes. And I've been able to comfort and support people in those moments yes. because I've had that experience. Yep. And I am grateful for it in that sense because I'm like, okay, well, there was a reason why this happened to me. Yeah. 
And maybe the reason is that, I don't know, there could be a million reasons. Maybe I wasn't ready. Maybe I needed to be able to support somebody else who's going through that experience. Maybe, I don't know, I just always imagine those babies stay around me. Yeah. And are with me. And I I even remember thinking like, oh, they would be one at this point or they would be this old. Yeah, and the like, birthday celebrations yeah, are very hard. Yeah, they would be doing this right now. And I wonder where our life would be if they had actually come into the world, yeah. you know, and where what we would be doing and how things would be different. So it's like would you – were your losses spaced far enough um, apart so that if one of them were – to eventuate to a baby that you would now have two children? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so mine never would. So I, I've i had four losses, but with all of those losses, if I if one of them had stuck, I wouldn't have my other children. Mm. Oh, that's even harder. Yeah. And my third pregnancy, which is my now son. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was – a year or so later yeah, than the other okay. one. So, yeah, I think I think I had the second one in like July 2019. Mm. And I had my – no, yeah, no, it must have been June 2019. Yeah. And then I had my son in October 2020. Wow. So – I think either way is hard though because like it would have he would have been a sibling. Like I don't think there's an easier way – there's no easy way to lose a baby. No, definitely not. And I think it took me a while. So what's that? Six. It took me six or seven months to mm-hmm. think about trying again. Yeah. Um, and by that point, we both really wanted it, but yep. we were both terrified. Yes, because you go like, into it with fear. Uh, well, I just went into it with like expecting it was going to happen again. The loss. Yeah. Yeah. I went into it like, well, it'll probably happen again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I was so defeated by the whole thing yeah like I remember doing the pregnancy test I was in France when I was found out I was pregnant (laughs) um and I was I ate like I woke up and we had been at a festival the (laughs) night prior (laughs) a wine festival and um I woke up and I was like uh I just want some pate okay like (laughs) I was craving pate so bad. Pate, right? And who fancy? Who eats pate when they're hungover? Nobody. Nobody. I wasn't that. Uh, No, I can't. I couldn't even think of a circumstance that you would be like, no, (laughs) no. I definitely need some pate after a big night. So I go to the, the deli, the deli or whatever. Mm. I'm a little French village, and I get a block of pate that's quite (laughs) sizable, and a loaf of bread. And I proceed to eat the entire block of pate. <laughs> and oh, <laughs> we're sitting on the couch. And I just turned to Dan and I'm like, I think I'm pregnant. You are so intuitive. I was like, I wouldn't eat a whole thing of pate if I was not pregnant right now. <laughs> like, I just must be. Yeah. Right. And what was bizarre is I had no symptoms. So the first two pregnancies, I had symptoms prior to finding out on the pregnancy test. Right. Like I had symptoms two weeks in. Yeah. And they both were very, very similar symptoms. This pregnancy, I had no idea. Like it was my period was overdue. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, well. I'm on holiday. I'm on holiday. My, I've yeah. flown a bit. My cycle's probably effed up. Yeah. Because my cycle always gets effed up from yeah, the yeah. flying. 
So I'm like, oh, my period's just late probably because of the cycle, like yeah. from flying. And you were feeling fine. So why would yeah, you and I was feeling fine and I'm like, I would know if I was pregnant because I would have had those symptoms yes. like I did the other times. Yeah. Um, but then after eating the block of pate, I was like, <laughs> oh, maybe not. <laughs> so I was like, let's go to the pregnancy step. <laughs> let's go get a pregnancy <laughs> test. I don't know how to say pregnancy test in French. Like yeah. we're in like a literal French, like no yeah. one speaks English. So we're Googling how do you say pregnancy test in France. Yeah. And um, I go up to the little pharmacy. No I'm first like, response test there. de grosse. My friend who's French will laugh at me for pronouncing that so terribly. Say it again. I think it's test de grosse. Test de grosse. I was like gross. gross. It sounds I was like you say that gross. sounds gross. I'm like, I don't know why. It's mm. like that. Um, anyway, so yeah, took that back to the old little apartment, did that. And yeah, sure enough, it was positive. And I was like, Oh my god! Like I was like, oh my I god, what have I just done? Last night. <laughs> yes. I've eaten pate. <laughs> yes, I'm in a foreign city. Yes, but like, oh my god, couldn't believe it, and I yeah. was like excited. But I'm like, wow, this is so different. So, in that moment, I remember thinking, well, this one must be staying because I haven't had those symptoms like the other ones I've lost. If yeah. I haven't had any symptoms, this one must be staying. Yeah. So we twiddled on back to the pharmacy and got the. <laughs> prenatal vitamins yeah so she obviously knew the outcome then Aww. the same lady um yeah but then in that initial excitement i was immediately anxious it's tainted isn't it there's always i was so anxious yeah. i was just waiting for the shoe to drop yeah i was like when am i gonna start bleeding that's when what is this gonna like, happen when is that gonna happen and um we flew back to America and this was just as COVID was surging. This was the end of February 2020. Great time. to. We got back to America and I think a week later we we're in lockdown. Mm. It was very fast. That's what you want? I think Dan had COVID in Portugal, but <laughs> we'll never know. We'll never know. I think I might have had a very, very end of it, but if he had it. But oh well, I was mostly fine. Um. So I got back to America and then went straight to a midwife. Like I had contacted a midwife whilst I was overseas to say – Is that how it works in America? Because <coughs> I hear this a lot of people falling pregnant and then they contact a midwife. You don't go to a doctor? No, you don't go to a doctor. No, you just go to a midwife. Okay. A bit um, off topic, but I was yeah. just interested. Well, no, I could just approach her directly and I think she did all my prenatal bloods and stuff. Okay. Like, and she ordered me an ultrasound for immediately when I got back because yeah. I said like, I think I had a first meeting with them. I met with another midwife and because you can choose who you hire, obviously. Yes. So yeah. we did a few interviews and I was just like, yeah, like them. And I picked them. Mm. And then, yeah, I was told them that I'm extremely anxious in my history and then they did a ultrasound right away and um I just went into that ultrasound expecting to hear the same thing again yeah I was so anxious yeah just preparing for that yeah moment yep and then um she did it and there was a heartbeat and there was baby and it's a relief isn't there when you see I was like, oh my god finally, finally we're here yeah. yes that's one of the so I had that moment like best feelings in the world though after loss when you see that flicker and you have that moment of everything's going to be okay. 
It doesn't matter how fleeting that moment is. Yeah, I was going to say it's very fleeting because it fleeting. only happens during the ultrasounds. It's yes. the only time I'm but, reassured. But even like not even the whole ultrasound. I feel like it's just like this quick like your body's <laughs> like you can feel it but for 2.5 seconds and then I'm going to make you anxious again. I'm going to make you remember. Yes, and that's what kept happening to me. And now looking back in my pregnancy, I can see that I probably had post uh, prenatal anxiety yeah. that was undiagnosed that turned into anxiety and depression post-birth. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just – I was so – I just remember all the time. Like I had a little – Doppler, this is not what you're supposed to do. Do not do this. No, not do this. I used to reassure myself by listening to the heartbeat yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like every day because I was so anxious about it. Yeah. I was, Um. I mean, it's. I did only have two ultrasounds though the entire pregnancy. Well, wow. Yeah. Because I didn't want to risk myself out of a home birth. So I was just like, just don't tell me anymore. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's fair <laughs> enough. Whereas like, I feel like because I had to go through a specialist and, um, my pregnancies were a result of intervention essentially that I I was constantly getting ultrasounds and because my my pregnancies have not been straightforward, I had complications from very early on. We were seeing the baby weekly pretty much. Um, but even then when we were having complications, I so desperately, I like I just talked myself into normality and this is just such a common thing with me and it takes somebody else to be like, go and like, Go and see somebody. You're not a burden, which is just like yeah, so, so silly because I was anxious about losing the baby, but I still wouldn't allow myself. Maybe I wasn't allowing myself because I didn't want the bad news. Not sure. But we did see the baby weekly and then so that was nice to get that constant reassurance, I guess. Yeah, that they were doing okay. Yeah. So this is your fourth pregnancy? Yeah, so the boys were my first. Fifth. Yes. So so first pregnancy, your daughter. Yeah. I mean, sorry, fourth first, pregnancy, first child. My first life. successful yeah. pregnancy, my daughter. Yes. Yes. So this is that pregnancy we're talking about. Yes. Okay. So lots of bleeding, um, lots of pain going on. So constant feeling that it's happening again, but it's later. But somehow she just kept on kicking on there. Were your doctors worried about it? Um, no, well, maybe, but it was never... No, never told to you. Never told to me. And then once we got into pregnancy, that's a whole different different story. Wow. I okay. mean, not pregnancy, but like later. Later on. Once you get into in the like hospital, stage. but early stages, it was... Um, yeah, I was there weekly. So, wow. Yeah. Well, it would have been nice to have weekly scans, but I didn't have that luxury. Weekly scans for like... Fun would have been nice, yeah, <laughs> but not because you're bleeding or you have to because pain, but yeah. Um, so Jen, I wanted to talk about how trying to conceive and losses impacted your relationship. We spoke about how it kind of impacted our relationships with ourselves, yeah. But what about your relationship with Dan? Um, it didn't really impact my relationship with my husband because I think. Well, it's not that it didn't impact it, but it didn't impact it negatively. Yeah. I think it actually brought us closer together. I think it, we were on the same page. I think mm. we both had the same amount of sadness. It was just so hard to, I think, for each of us to watch each other yeah. grieve through that sadness and yeah. that loss. And um, I think 
But it, I think in that it brought us closer together because it was like, okay, now we know we really want this and now yes. we're so excited to be parents and for us, for that to be our journey. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think that the first one he wasn't probably ready to be, to have a kid. Yeah, okay. So, it kind and of we. A bit different. Yeah. A bit different. I think the first one we got over a little bit easier. Yeah. The yeah. second one was like ruined you. Same for me. Right? Yeah. Because you're like, oh, the first one, that's terrible. It's sad. It's hard. And I will not minimize anyone's experience because it's devastating. Yeah. But I just couldn't believe that it happened back to back, two in a row. Yes. I just was like, that is so unfair. Yeah. Yeah. Any loss is hard. Yeah. But like for you, the second one really hit you. Mm-hmm. And the same for me, because I think the first one was a kind of a realization, like kind of after it kind of happened and it was kind of done for me. Like it wasn't like I got the pregnancy test. Like I thought, oh, like I should have my period. I'm prob- like, I'm probably pregnant. Um, but I kind of just didn't allow myself to believe because I wasn't going to test. And then to kind of be told then kind of while we're in the doctors in like a roundabout way that it was a loss, a chemical pregnancy. Mm. So um, dismissive. So, so dismissive. And, and I get it. We've got like medical terms that we all need to use. Don't like, say that to the person. And my um, my specialist at the time didn't call it that. It's just I know that that's what it would be referred to okay. in like a medical way. Um, but yeah, it's the second one. I think because I – I knew then and I made plans in my head. So, I mean, like that's for anybody the moment they get that positive pregnancy test. You're you're in that rabbit hole of baby clothes, cots, nurseries and all of that, imagining the life for that little human that you've just created. I know. And what about your relationship? How did it? Yeah, so like trying to conceive put a lot of pressure on our relationship and I put a lot of pressure um, again, because I was so desperate for the natural, normal experience, um, and I would be texting Gav a lot at work, being like, "Got positive ovulation? Like, when you get home, like, we've got to do it. Like, oh, I've got night shift. Like, we've got this time frame." Um, and that put a lot of pressure on him. And then after our loss, it was really hard because I, I didn't necessarily want to wait but like I knew I had to and then he didn't want to put not that he didn't want to get pregnant again he didn't want me to have to go through that experience yeah. again because I I was somebody that I have like I'm never experienced that in my life I've never had those feelings um of that deep sadness and depression that I could not get myself out of like I couldn't sleep in our bedroom because I was having flashbacks of waking up and bleeding and I took so much time off work and no, I was not suicidal but I like I remember saying to him one day in the bath if I have to feel like this like I don't I don't want these feelings like I don't want to be here yeah but not in like a suicidal way I just didn't want to feel what you felt feeling anymore did yeah. you get support for that no no so I only sought support for um all of our issues with conceiving and pregnancy and my births once I fell pregnant with the boys no I got help 
in the lead up to it because I knew that my pregnancies were difficult and I was going to need support. So I got support then, whereas I should have got it a long time ago. And as I mentioned in my pregnancy, like it's hard to see it when you're in it. Yes, when it's you're often feeling when it. You're out. Yeah, when in hindsight it's twenty twenty. Mm. But I could just say like. If I had have been able to see what I can see now within myself then, I would have got support then. Absolutely. And if you're in that situation where you have those feelings and you're struggling with your loss and you're thinking something just doesn't feel right, like I don't f- – I'm, and you just need some support, yeah. I would encourage you 100% to reach out for support. But, for I mean, we mentioned it last <laughs> week about um, having that non-biased person there. And it's not always to get them to give you advice. It's that sounding board. It's so that you can say everything that you want to say without having to worry how that is going to impact the person that you're saying it to that cares so deeply for you. Yeah, absolutely. I would go to my sessions and I would unload. Yeah, that's what they're for. Yeah, and I would walk out and I would feel so much lighter. Yeah. And then, you know, those feelings creep back in. Because then you go to your next session and you're... I think because we were the, like in my situation, I was the one getting pregnant. We're going back to the relationship thing. Mm. I think there is a lot of pressure on us to decide when we're ready to try again because it's our bodies. Yes. And they, I think partners maybe sometimes take a little bit of a step back. Yeah. And and wait till you're ready to do it. But I'm like, I don't know. It needs to be a joint. Yeah. And I can remember during our um, fertility journey, so, like, fertility is not always just a women woman's issue. Like, it can be both-sided. It could be male for infertility or female. Um, so, obviously, they get to, to a point where they have to test the your partner's um, sperm. So, and I remember Gav having to get it done and him being so nervous and that he was going to be the problem and that I had gone through all of this and it would be him, even though we knew that I had a condition that would require help, but he just felt the guilt that it could possibly be him as well. Yeah, but it could. Yeah, and, and it then, wasn't, but yeah. yeah, like, so that put a lot of strain, like, and pressure on him. They're 50% of the party. And a lot, like, he felt pressure um, to perform. Like, I he bet. felt the pressure of me coming home and being like, well, we need to now have sex. I bet that would feel intense. Yeah, and funnily enough, like the kids, our first was conceived between night shift and his morning shift. Like literally had to come home, like nothing romantic, nothing beautiful about it. It was essentially an exchange, an exchange of goods and that yeah. goods turned into a baby. Well, yeah, that's hard. I I don't know what that's like but I can, I'm just hearing your story and that sounds – not romantic, is yeah, it? Yeah, it sounds challenging. Not how you envisioned it. But I think a lot of trying no, to As long as you get to have that sex, though, at some point. Yeah, because well, <laughs> it ain't happening <laughs> afterwards. Um, but I think like a lot of trying to conceive journeys end up being like that because you start off and you just have – we're just having fun and you hope that it happens. But if it right. lasts longer than that, then you get that pressure of like, oh, well, yeah. we're ovulating now, we've got to go. I just found that the looking at the pregnancy test and it being negative and just like – so disappointing. Yeah. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah. You're just like, oh my God, not again. Like, yeah. Not another month. Yeah. Now. I, I look back again. on it and I just, I have no idea how I went that long before I get, like, I gave in and was like, okay, well, yeah, I do need help now. Like, well, when I had had my second one there at the conversation then of like, oh, would well, do you need to have 
genetic testing? Do you need yeah. to go in to do all this stuff? Which and is out like why? very uncommon because normally they like they wait for three or more. I know, and I was so like, pissed off about that. I'm like, oh, you want me to go you? through this three times before oh, okay, you're yeah. going to do anything you were about off it? That they started the conversation early. No, it's, like, it's nice to have the conversation early. I was like, do it at two. I'm ready now. Let's do it. Yeah. And they were like, yeah. no, we've got to wait till three. I'm like, what is this? Why do I have to go through Why? another one? Yeah, were you going to make me do this again? Yeah. And then I swear if I that third one didn't work out, I probably would have thrown the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I so couldn't have put myself out there again. Thinking about trying to conceive when you're ready, do your miscarriages still play on your mind now like is do you think that's gonna have an impact on when you're ready to try again um if I wanted to have another baby yeah um sorry I just assumed then but if you wanted to have (laughs) another baby that yeah yes I do yeah I think I have a lot of fears about having another child yeah yeah I do I'm worried that I'll be anxious again Mm -hmm. um I'm worried about that yeah, having another miscarriage and going through that. And dealing it again. With, it, with a baby. Well, not a baby, but yeah. another kid. Yeah, and dealing it, dealing with it whilst already having a child. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it would be even, I don't know, but I'm just speculating, even harder this time because I feel like there's a lot of more time pressures, I guess, around like yeah. we're having another second yeah. child and like, my son's going to be three this year. So I've already left a good amount of time yes. between children if I have another one. Yeah. That, I don't know, like, yeah, I just think it would be so hard to grieve the loss of their sibling and knowing yeah. him. That was know? very hard thinking yeah. about what could have been for us um, and that pregnancy, but what could have been for my daughter as well at that time and you don't get the like I didn't get the time to grieve um because I had a little baby to look after and because it happened quite quickly with my second pregnancy because um I had some complications and the timing of it meant um after a procedure that it was the right time to um try to conceive so I wouldn't need to have another procedure in a couple of months um so we kind of weren't ready try to conceive and then we had a loss and then a month after that or well not a month but you know once the time period of has yeah. passed we you conceived the twins. again with the twins yeah oh my goodness Which so you, you did have that loss in between mm. your your other children yeah oh yeah see that's what i'm afraid of yeah and i've just helped you with that fear haven't i <laughs> sorry <laughs> I don't know. Ultimately, I feel like it would be okay. I have more fears around having anxiety and depression. Yeah, again. I was going to ask you about that. I'm terrified that. to yeah. have that again and that's definitely what holds me back from... Well, you will definitely have to have um, another child. A talk about that when yes. you're ready to discuss. Yeah, one of the episodes I will definitely talk about that story. I'm happy to share it. Yeah. Because, again, yeah. it's not one that's openly shared no it isn't and it's so in that dark corner we just have to carry on and until the wheels completely fall off and then you're trying to muddle your way through getting help yeah and I wish I had have done it earlier and I just didn't recognize the signs within myself and I just 
common theme. I yeah. wish I had it done earlier with everything. Yeah, I think a lot of people that experience postpartum depression and anxiety say that they, a lot of women just ignore it until it gets to the crisis point. Yeah. Because you don't realise that you're experiencing it. Yes. You think, oh, that maybe that's not right. Or you have a right. moment of being, having a good moment or a good day and then you talk yourself out of it. Yeah, I definitely did minimise minimize my experience for sure to myself i try and normalize it and rationalize it everyone thinks like that that's normal that's fine you know but when you when you stack up everything like isolation and you know socially and physically and um you know i guess all of the things made sense yeah that's um like you said, hindsight's a beautiful thing, 2020 vision. So I guess what we are trying to say with this episode is find your people, get your support earlier, don't take on everything yourself and don't put other people's um, needs before your own. Yeah. And do what is feels right for you. Yeah. Just be honour what feels right for you. And if you are struggling, reach out for that support, professional and personal. personal. Yeah, and celebrate. Celebrate your little babies with the people that you want to celebrate because they deserve it. Yeah. They deserve it. And I did your moments of happiness. Ceremonies for each of them that had gone. Yeah. um, Just to honor them. Yeah, I've, we did similar. And then with the one that, has impacted me the most we um planted a tree and Mm. in the early days I would sit in the backyard and cry my eyes out next Mm. to that tree and yeah it kind of brought me comfort and especially seeing that tree grow and bloom like it's just like yeah when I see those flowers it brings me moments of joy oh she's like I know it doesn't make sense but makes sense to me it does make sense i get it yeah you just it's symbolic of your experience yeah yeah and that person yeah it was a it's still with you in your backyard yeah and will come to me with me with every house that we go to because it's just in a pot because i don't want to leave it with anybody else because that was my little baby i guess Yeah. yeah beautiful well um that was a different topic for you all um i hope you enjoyed hearing our experiences and if it's resonated with you please don't feel free to like reach out to us in the dms and share this episode around if you know somebody who's had an experience that this might help yes definitely let's open up the channels as always that is our aim of this podcast is to keep the conversations open around topics that maybe are a little bit hidden away we can do hard things we can do right? hard things and we've just done one today so thanks for sticking with us see you next week see you bye all information shared on this podcast is general in nature and does not take into consideration individual circumstances consult a medical professional if you have any concerns regarding your personal situation Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed, please like and review the podcast. And share it with a mate or a random. That's okay. And if you didn't enjoy it, well, that's fine. 
Don't worry about it. It's not, though. Please like it. 